0: Hey guys welcome back to the podcast now i am really excited to bring today's topic to you because it's something that i will be completely honest I need to work on a lot, and I know so many of you have told me you need to work on this too. And what I'm talking about here is setting better social media boundaries. You know, tracking how much time you're spending on your phone or online, setting better boundaries around how much time you're spending, spending really intentional time online versus just scrolling, 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 and not having any energy to create anything. Um, We need to make sure that we are setting some pretty good boundaries around our social use of social media and our business use. And the best person to talk about this, honestly, the best person is my friend, Kelsey Rydell. Kelsey is a social media expert. She is a business coach, and she is, to me, one of the best people that sets social media boundaries and teaches others how to do so as well. So a little bit about Kelsey, after working with some of the largest health food brands in North America and building their online strategies using social media platforms, Kelsey has learned firsthand what it takes to build a massive following on Instagram, tight-knit Facebook group communities, um, and a community that cares about your content. Using creative strategies to connect with customers, deliver an unparalleled experience, and by building relationships both online and offline, Kelsey is passionate about encouraging businesses and brands to develop a standout marketing strategy that puts them in a league of their own now kelsey lives in toronto with her husband and their rescue pup abby she loves to explore the world in search of the best coffee shops me too (laughs) the most stunning nature and the wildest experiences like sleeping in the sahara desert and heli skiing are some of her best memories kelsey is incredible i'm so excited for you guys to get this content from her and really learn from her because like i said earlier she knows what she's talking about when it comes to setting social media boundaries so let's get to it Hey, Kelsey, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today.
1: Thank you so much for having me back. I think it's been a few months since we've chatted, so I'm very excited to be here.
0: Yeah, it has been Um a few months, I, I don't know, the year is just flying by or last oh, year, flying by. <laughs> this year is flying by, so I can't even keep my head on straight, but <laughs> it was such a pleasure to have you last time. I know we covered more um, tools for Instagram and how to really focus on growing social media um, through platforms like Instagram. And today you're on to talk all about boundaries with social media, which... I'll be honest, I don't have the best boundaries, so you're going to be giving me a lesson today as much as everyone else. So before we get started with um, the content for today, why don't you just tell us who you are, a little bit about your business, and anything you want to share with us?
1: Absolutely. So my name is Kelsey Riddle, as you mentioned, and I am a business coach as well as an online marketing consultant. So my journey, actually, Back about eight years, uh, I did go to the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition, similar to you, and absolutely fell in love with helping people to make changes to their diet in order to live their best life. And as that progressed, I started to think about ways that I could reach more people. And one of the main ways that I, I had in mind was to bring my business online, which now sounds really obvious, but Back seven, eight years ago, it wasn't as common. So I started to build these online group programs and to really start exploring the world of Facebook. And when Instagram was hitting it big about six years ago, I jumped on there as well and really started to see the potential in reaching more people, spreading my message and my energy to human beings around the globe. And one of the ways that I did that was through social media. So as someone who was always really excited to explore the potential of platforms like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, I kind of took it upon myself to just self-teach all things social. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that's really the best way to learn when people tell me they take all these courses. I think, you know, you can teach yourself so much by just being a user of the platform. And through all of my learnings, I actually launched a small boutique marketing agency, and I helped a lot of different brands and businesses in the health and wellness space to elevate their social media presence uh, by showing up in a bigger way online. So that is kind of what led me to where I am today, which is doing a lot of online marketing coaching. Um, I've developed a course to teach people how to build and launch their social media strategies and it's still something to this day that I can really attribute to a lot of the success that I've had in my business is just being online and using social media as a platform for big potential. So that's a bit of my history.
0: Yeah, no, thanks for going into that. And um, I think it's just nice to show the picture of like, you know, it didn't happen overnight, you know, it took time, you know, maybe seven, eight years to grow. But Mm. the way I perceive you from an outside perspective, when it comes to social media is that you're so consistent and you have, you know, a really um, thorough look to what you present. So everything's, you know, either branded nicely or everything is very um, much your style. So when I see something I'm like, oh, that's Kelsey. And, you know, for those people listening, like how long did that take you to kind of get in the mode of posting more consistently and even knowing what to post online? Mm hmm.
1: Such a good question. And to be honest, it is an ever evolving journey for me as I think it is for everyone else. So if you scroll back in my feed four years ago and then three years ago and then two years ago, I'm embarrassed to say that I had different brand colors each year. I had different fonts that I was using. I had a different aesthetic, different filters. So today it looks consistent. But that's just within the last year or so. Up until this point, I was just trying to put out content with a message that I felt passionately about. And I really, really tried not to let the look of it hold me back. So, um, yeah, just to, to round that one out, I think that making content that is valuable or educational or entertaining is way more important, even still. Than having that consistent look so it's a journey but just get yourself out there and practice consistency before you try to make it look pretty
0: well and I think that just segues perfectly into talking about social media boundaries because I think for those of you out there and you know I can say that this happened to me at some points um you know where you want that really nicely branded feed and you want to come across professional on your instagram stories and you want every post to like hit the mark so you end up spending hours and hours and hours on a post like one single post and you know at the end of the day is that where your energy should be spent Mm -hmm. What what are your thoughts there
1: Oh goodness. Um yeah, speaking of boundaries, which is the topic of this episode, I just don't think it's a healthy boundary to spend that much time on such in my mind more minute details, like making sure it fits the consistency. I understand that having a consistent brand image is important, but what's more important is you preserving your sanity, maintaining a positive mindset with social. And I think that's better done by not spending hours and hours curating content. You will drive yourself insane. If you have to reread a post a hundred times, just delete it and come back tomorrow and try to write it from a fresh perspective. Um, So that would be my take. I don't want anyone spending that long because your time is so valuable. There are other income generating activities in your business that you need to be doing and spending an hour curating one post Um, or, you know, whatever the situation, I just think it's not the best spend of time.
0: Mm -hmm. I agree. You know, I think it kind of just ends up being this black hole where we end up on, I don't know, but you, because obviously yeah. you have some good social media boundaries. But for me, you know, this black hole of, okay, I'm going to write the post in the actual app. And yeah. then I'm spending time in there. And then I'm done the post. And then I wait for people to comment so I can interact back. And then I might do a little browsing. And then all of a sudden, it's like, you know, two hours is gone and my day yeah. shot. So, oh yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, right. Um, I guess this is like a double um question here. You know, how do you approach actually going in, posting and and um commenting? Like, what kind of time do you spend there? And also, like, where do you think people are spending time on social media right now? Is it just scrolling? Is it like is it productive time? Like, where are they spending that time? Hmm.
1: In terms of my personal approach to posting, I do most of it in an app called Buffer. And that means that I'm able to go into this uh, desktop app and pre-schedule a lot of my content. It's similar to Hootsuite or Later, it's just another version of it. And so I will often try to put in most of my social media content in one big batch. I log in maybe on a Monday, enter a bunch of content so that I'm not logging into the app natively, so right into the app itself, and getting distracted. Because how many times have you logged into Instagram ready to post something and then all of a sudden you're like scrolling, you're messaging people, you're responding to DMs, you log out half an hour later and you realize You didn't even share the content that you were (laughs) supposed to be sharing. It happens to me a lot. So I'm assuming that there are some people listening who it also happens to. Um, So for me, one of the best ways to get my content out there is to do it all through Buffer, which has all my social media channels inside of it. I forget the second part of your question now.
0: Oh, yeah, I know. It's That's the trouble when you ask two questions at <laughs> once. So my other question was, you know, where do you see people spending the most time? Like, or how are they utilizing that time? Is it scrolling? Is it creating the posts? Mm-hmm. Do you just think it's wasted time or is it actually productive time?
1: Um, okay. So I have a philosophy. If you're going to spend time on social media, you should comment, create, and connect Rather than creeping and consuming, so it's all C's. So, I'll say that one more time mm-hmm. spend time on social, comment, create, and connect. Don't just creep and consume. And I think where so many people get stuck, and again, I'm not perfect, uh, but I try to remind myself of this philosophy if you're just constantly creeping on other people, and if you're just consuming others' content it's not the best way to draw out the benefits of social media, which is feeling connected and feeling um, like you are having conversation in a digital form. So if you're going to dedicate an hour, two hours, three, four, five hours, which is what a lot of us are being faced with now that we're at home more, you're going to spend that long on social media. My philosophy would be, comment on every post that you read that has some value, or even just give people like a little emoji, let them know that you're there, create content before you consume it. So when you log in, make that really your priority is to create something to add to the universe. Otherwise, you're just looking at everybody else's content and everybody has a unique message and a voice to share something wonderful. Even if it's just saying, tell me one thing you're grateful for today. Like how awesome is it when people get threads going and we can all do that. Um, And then the other piece is the connection. So again, if you're watching someone's Instagram stories, connect with them, don't just creep on them. And this is just a guiding philosophy. It doesn't mean you have to talk to everybody who you watch their stuff, but let them know you're there once in a while and and treat social media as a social platform, not as a, I'm hiding and pretending that I'm not watching you while I am. Um, I
0: think that And
1: draw out a lot more of the joy in what social media is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that philosophy. I'm going to have to re-listen to this and then write it down. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe we can put it in the show notes for everyone because I think that's a really, really good approach. And then the other thought that I had was, you know, like I, I personally am like an introverted extrovert. So I do like some time out with people or dinner parties or, you know, friend visits at the beach, whatever it is, but I really need introverted time. But It kind of just came to me that, you know, a lot of my time is spent on social media, kind of like not recharging my own personal energy. It's like being in that mode of like a little bit of extroverted mode, but not actually communicating with anyone. So kind of more in that creeper mode, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I, I guess I'm seeing this now as, you know, if I took 30 minutes or one hour a day to genuinely connect in that like extroverted way, then I could recharge my batteries when I get off the app. Mm hmm.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's such a good and it's not going to be perfect, but it's definitely a good goal to strive for.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, for sure. So what what is your approach then, you know, other than signing on to Buffer, going through the app? Um, what other strategies do you have in place to stop your fel- stop yourself from um, commenting back to people mindlessly or, you know, getting in the DMs? I mean, for me, that is something I love doing because I love c- connecting with people, but that can take up so much time in my day. So what are your strategies to help with that?
1: Hmm, definitely. So I think all of us have a compulsive nature that when our phone is nearby, we're just naturally inclined to glance at it and to want to pick it up. And so my number one recommendation is to shut your phone off, like literally power it down, which we don't do very often because Mm -hmm. either we're afraid someone's going to call us or we just don't like the idea of people not being able to reach us. But I can truly say that the days when I power my phone down, first of all, I'm able to get into that deep flow state of work. And secondly, it's amazing how many times I will pick up my phone, turn it over only to see a black screen that doesn't light up, right? Mm -hmm. And that is such a weird, like learning about yourself, how many times you'll compulsively pick it up knowing that there's nothing there. Um, And then you can't go down the rabbit hole of getting distracted. So it's this weird reminder of like, whoa, I just did this for the fourth time in two hours and it's still black and I'm still okay. So my number one thing for having boundaries is when you're trying to do great work, you have a creative project, or you're on client calls, you're just trying to show up as your full self, power the phone down fully on, like power off, like there's nothing that important that can't wait a couple hours. Um, If you can't do that, at least flip your phone over. I, I personally operate under the philosophy that, Your phone should never be screen side up. I just don't understand why that needs to happen because the amount of times maybe you've experienced this stuff, but if you're with a friend and they have their phone with the screen side up and you can see their eyes like shifting every time Mm -hmm. you get a notification and uh, it makes me really sad because it's very distracting for both sides of the party, like the person whose phone it is and the person who they're with. But it's also taking away from like an honest conversation where you're supposed to just be connecting and being with another human being. And whether this is with your spouse or um, when you're out for coffee with a friend when we're not in coronavirus. But mm-hmm. it just I just don't think that that's a necessary habit to have our screen face up and having people clearly distracted by notifications. So either flip your phone over or turn every single notification off. And I mean, every single one, like there's no reason to have notifications on your phone, except for a phone call that, you know, maybe you need to see when your phone rings. I get that. But text messages are not urgent. Instagram notifications are not urgent. Emails are not urgent we are stressed and we are overwhelmed and our nervous systems are fired up 24 hours a day because we're constantly stimulated. And I think that that can be helped. Um, and so aside from that, if you still are feeling like none of those resonate with you, you don't want to flip your phone over, but you don't want to power it off. I like to hide my phone on myself. So I'll usually (laughs) walk into our bedroom and I'll toss it on the bed under a pillow or I will like leave it in the bathroom purposely and and then I usually forget an hour later where I had put it and I'll go to like reach for it on my desk but it's obviously not there and then I'm like oh right because I'm supposed to be working right now so that's a trigger for me too to have less time on my phone is when I purposely hide it on myself.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I can so resonate with I don't actually turn my phone off to the black screen. I think that would be really helpful for me. but um, in times of like I guess desperation or social media detox, um, even two weeks ago, I did a little staycation uh, here at home because we can't go anywhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I still was like, I need like a mental break. I'm not doing any work. So I deleted the apps on my phone, um, like Instagram, Facebook. and for the first, probably two days. I still continue to go and click on the spot where yeah. those apps were oh so but it kept bringing up something new because a new app was in its place. And I was like, wow, this is like, this is crazy. This is an addiction. Um, I need better boundaries around this. So I think That's for me, personally, right? Yeah. Yeah. Really. And like you said, you, you start to um, click into how many times am I picking this up? I don't think we actually realize. Um, and I think sometimes there can be some like embarrassment around it too. Like if we start to realize that we kind of get down on ourselves and we don't know like a positive way to change those behaviors. So I'm glad you've given us a few different ways that we can kind of help ourselves uh, not have to turn to that in times where we might want to be productive and not be um, using that time on social media.
1: Definitely.
0: Mm -hmm. So I know that I've observed, um, you in um the way that you interact in dm so i know i brought this up a bit and it might be similar to your answer before but i know that i'm much more that you know someone comments or writes a message i'll write back and it's and it's a conversation but i know that you have more um i don't know if i'd call it strict but very specific you know um guidelines around how you're in dms or at least that's the way i observe it like i might not get an answer back from you for a few hours or a few days. So how do you maintain that when you know that maybe being in DMs is part of your business as well?
1: Hmm, Good question. So I don't set any specific boundaries around DMs, but I have found that now that DMs have become a bigger part of showing up on Instagram, and I love the conversations that happen within them, and obviously it's a great way to foster deeper relationships and to grow your business, but sometimes it feels the same as needing to answer a text message or an email or return phone calls right it's one more thing that has been added to our plate and for me again that that means having um stricter boundaries so i see the notifications light up and i know how important it is to have timely responses But if I'm not willing to go in there with an excited attitude and to really give my all to these conversations, I will just close it down and I'll get to them when I have a fresh mind. Um, So I don't have any specific, like I only check DMs once a day. It's when I'm feeling like I have a full cup to be able to respond to them. Um, And I mean, I do try my best to have genuine conversations with everybody in there. But if, if it's the end of a conversation, it's okay to let the DM go and maybe just double tap or send an emoji. Um, and so, yeah, I'm usually checking in with my own mental sanity at that point and Mm -hmm. just really trying to first serve my family who I probably don't talk to enough. And (laughs) second to that, come to my text messages, come to my Instagram DMs, come to my Facebook, um, inbox. So it's really prioritizing and and knowing that you can't do it all perfectly. So um, maintain your own sanity first, and then with whatever capacity you have, with healthy boundaries, to get in and give the best possible conversation or answers to everybody who genuinely is is there for you and who is supporting your business.
0: Mm, I love that. I think that's just so like so good overall because we want to show up for people when we're in our best state. And people want you to show up and have that energy. And maybe some of those conversations you're having in DMs with potential clients could could lead to, you know, them signing up for a big program. But if you're not in the right mental state to have that conversation because you've been in Instagram or Facebook or whatever for many hours, you're kind of drained and depleted. So I love that idea of going in with more of that like inspired mindset or, or excited mindset and then serving From that place and seeing it as service versus just like something you have to do. Mm
1: -hmm. It's kind of like, you know, if you were having a really bad day, you probably wouldn't go stroll your street looking for conversation with your neighbors. And, (laughs) (laughs) but if you're on the other end of the spectrum, if you're having a great day and you're out walking your dog and you're about to grab a coffee you might be like looking at the neighbors being like, Hey, how's it going? Looking to chat. And it's two different moods, right? But oftentimes people are in their DMS laying on their couch, whether they're happy or sad and then responding to people from one of those places. But I think it's so important that you show up on social media with a positive attitude. Otherwise it tends to shine through in the content you uh, create or the responses you provide. So Really, maybe it's just a, a lesson to check in with ourselves more often and be like, do I even want to have a conversation right now? Or am I feeling introverted? Okay, I'm feeling introverted, not feeling my best self. I'm just going to log out and maybe I'll get back to her tomorrow when I'm in a better state.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and again, good point, because I feel like what you're really saying here is like, number one step, tap in with yourself mm-hmm. so that you can decide what the next step is versus again, just speaking really candidly about myself, a lot of the time I'll go on Instagram and I and I tap out. It's like a, the mindless scroll. So it's not um, me checking in with what Stephanie needs. And I think for me, that's a really important thing because like I said earlier, I don't have a fully extroverted personality so I can deplete myself quite easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just a good reminder as a business owner, like check in with what you need because, you know, I don't know about you, Kelsey, but I could probably be working 24-7 because I have that much I could be (laughs) doing. (laughs) So if you're not kicking in with yourself, yeah, um, you know, and that's in not making that the main priority, you're just going to work yourself into the ground. Definitely.
1: And I think there is something to be said, too. Like you said, sometimes you just want to go in and numb out. Uh, Like if that is your purpose, because I need that, you know, at least once a day when I'm just done with work and I want to lay in the bathtub, if you want to just go and numb out, that is totally okay too. Uh, But go into your social media platform knowing that that's what you want to do and not setting expectations that you have to respond to people or comment, but just using that as time to consume and just try to surround yourself with the people who are going to support that numb out phase, right? So find <laughs> someone who's going to entertain you. Find someone who's going to um, inspire you in that moment, or whatever you need.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm curious what you think then about um, those timers you can put on certain apps. Like I know on the iPhone you can set like a time limit that it will come up as a notification saying, "Hey, you reached your you know hour." You like it. It locks you out, or you can just say ignore and and keep going. Which I'll be honest, I do that sometimes. Um, or there are some apps that like lock you out fully. Like, do you think we need to go to this length if we have a really, you know, um, unhealthy relationship with social media right now? Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's a great option. Um, I do have the Instagram notification on, and it tells me when I've been on for twenty minutes. And I'll be honest, it doesn't work. Like I always just say okay, and I keep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And twenty minutes is not that long when I'm on it for work and for personal pleasure. But I will say the one benefit of it is that when I get that notification in the morning around nine a.m. or ten a.m., I feel a little bit sad that I by nine a.m. I've already devoted twenty minutes to potentially not very. a not very good use of my time, for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that notification triggers me to think, okay, could you have set your morning up in a different way so you didn't get that notification before you even began? Um, So that's one good perk. I would say if, if you can have one of those apps that locks you out after a certain time period, that's probably really good for some people because otherwise it's a... Just like a deep, dark universe where you could spend way too long. And so if you're someone who is wasting time when you know you could be doing other more productive things, yes, get one of those apps that fully locks you out. Um, what I choose to implement more so is to instead curate my social media as a place where I can learn and grow. So I find that at this point, and it's taken a lot of work, I've unfollowed almost everyone who I perceive as not maybe adding good value to my day. Like if they're constantly negative, for example, or Mm -hmm. if they're hating on a certain type of person and I I don't resonate with that message or whatever the case is, I just try to get those people out. Because if I'm going to spend between one and two hours on social media every single day, I really want to make sure that I have consciously picked Every single person who I'm going to look at their content. So for me, nowadays, the timer doesn't matter so much because I do feel like I've worked hard to get to a place where I really do enjoy the time that I spend online and I love the content that I'm seeing. So 20 minutes, you know, I'm happy to go beyond that. But if you're someone who constantly feels like you're in comparison syndrome, for example, or that social media is sucking away your creativity and your joy and your zest for life because you feel like you're missing out and everyone else is out bike riding and you're not. If that is anything that you feel, set that timer because you don't need that sucking away your happiness each day. And I know it is affecting a lot of people. And I think having a firm boundary would be very helpful, at least while you recreate what your daily routine looks like and find what makes you happy rather than seeing what makes everybody else happy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Again, it's just that checking in with yourself. What do you need? How can you help help yourself? How can you help your clients best? How can you serve your community? Just come from that place of service and connection and and really yeah. focus on, you know, how can I be of best value right now? Um, So at the end of the day, you feel like you showed up and you and you gave your best and you can go to sleep, hopefully not feeling like I could have done so much better today or I have all these things on my to do list. Hopefully you've gotten your things done (laughs) because you're not spending maybe so much time on social media in a non-productive way.
1: Mm -hmm. And just a quick tip for anybody who does use social media for business, um, which I'm assuming many of your listeners do don't ever feel like you have to be posting things in real time. So if you get a genius idea for a Facebook post or if you really wanna pull your audience or if you want to share a day in the life on social, we have this (laughs) wonderful gift of having the camera and video app on our phone. You can record everything through that and just save it into your files and then post it when it's convenient for you. So one of the biggest uh, sucks of your time could be logging into Instagram every hour to give a live update of your day on stories. It doesn't make sense, right? Why not pre-film half the day? And then upload in bulk because then you're not being distracted by what's going to present you as soon as you open the app. So, if that can help anybody, then that's one of the tips that I learned from someone in the past year that has really, really, really changed um, the amount of time that I spend online.
0: Mm, Yeah, that's a great idea. I think it makes so much sense, you know, because like you said, we want to be connected and we want to show, like, here's, you know, like you said, a day in the life or here's what what it looks like for me, you know, having my business or um, as a nutritionist. And, you know, like you said, we get sucked into that, okay, I got to go on to post this thing. And then you're on and it's probably not just posting that thing, it's posting the thing, (laughs) and then scrolling around. So yeah, keeping those boundaries there as well. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm curious, the kind of the last thing I wanted to talk about was, what are your thoughts on like social media detoxes? And I know that's a little bit of like, I guess like a fad term where people are like, I'm taking a social media detox. Do you think they're necessary? Do you do them? Like, what are your thoughts on them?
1: So I can unfortunately say I've never done like a full, where I'm proclaiming, hey, I'm taking a digital detox and I've just gone offline for a few days or a few weeks. I've never done that before. Um, But my version of a social media detox is living my best life or what I call my most visionary life it's when I'm out in nature for example like I was in BC a few weeks ago snowboarding before <laughs> before we were on lockdown um, mm-hmm. when I'm doing things like that that reconnect me to nature and reconnect me to friends and family I'm naturally socially detoxing because I'm out living my life rather than thinking I need to share everything in my life. And social media helps me with my business, so it is kind of an obligation on a day-to-day basis. But I find that when I'm in my bliss and, and just doing the things that make me happy or I'm surrounded by the people who are very meaningful to me, I do not want to be anywhere near my phone. Like Phone to me is work and there's stuff you know that I need to check in on. Um, so that would be my version of a social detox, but of course it's going to look different for everybody. Some people are more tempted to pick up their phone in an environment with their family or when they're on a hike in nature, they want to count their steps and they want to, you know, do all these things that our phone provides us with. So in that case, yes, take some sort of detox, put a hard start date and a finish date on, okay, phone goes off this time and comes back on this time because, when you set a clear goal like that with a date attached to it, usually you're going to follow through. And if you tell somebody, maybe it's your followers, maybe it's your partner, um, hopefully they'll help keep you accountable too. And again, it really comes back to reassessing your boundaries. Like, do you feel like social is not doing, um, doing good in your life anymore? Or the amount of time that you're spending on it is actually taking away from you living your life. And if the answer is yes, then it is time for a detox. It is time for some of those boundaries that I mentioned. It's time to like, again, start creating and connecting rather than just thinking that creeping and consuming is normal 12 hours a day. So yeah, that would be kind of where I would go with that. I think a digital detox is going to look different for everybody, but I think it's something that you need to assess like do I do this naturally or do I need to have a more strict boundary in place.
0: Mhm, absolutely. Yeah. And like I said before, I know that it can be kind of one of those fad things where we have to like announce, you know, I'm going on this thing. And I think because so many of us can relate, but I love that approach of like, when you're in your downtime, you're in your downtime, you're in your bliss time, you're in your visionary time. I think that's so inspiring. I mean, um, I really do look up to you, (laughs) um, Kelsey, because I think that you really do uh, walk, walk the talk. Like you really do. Um, teach these things to your students and in your programs and and on social media, but you also implement. And I'm sure you have your off days and the days where maybe you feel like you're not maybe utilizing your time the way you want to. But, you know, just from me to you, I wanted to say, you know, I think you really truly do um, live that visionary lifestyle so we can all see that as well.
1: Well, thank you. That means so much to me coming from you and um, again, I think for all of us, it's a journey. And my um, my biggest question that I try to remind myself to ask is like, I just want to be curious about my habits. Like, why am I always watching Instagram stories while I eat dinner? Or, you know, what benefit is having my phone attached to my hip? Or, why do we like seeing notifications? And can we still be gratified without them on? So I think through anything in life, like if we just have a curious approach and instead of just passively living, consciously thinking like, does this habit make me happier or less happy and seeing where it falls on the spectrum? And then maybe just jotting down a note, like shouldn't be watching Instagram stories while I eat. And then maybe that's going to pop up in your head next time you grab, you know, your bowl of chili and sit down. It'll be like, oh, shoot. Like, I did think about this and maybe it's not the best action. So I think having that curious nature, not just for our habits on social, but also just every habit in our life. And now more than ever, like we're gifted with this weird situation of being in isolation. It's a great time to reassess your habits and to just make whatever that new normal that you want, consciously create it and make the life that you want, even while we're on lockdown.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for this conversation. It's been um, great. I mean, it's definitely reminded me of things that I want to do to, you know, put some... I guess, for lack of a better word, safeguards or boundaries yeah. <laughs> around my social media usage and, and my work time versus my lifetime. And I hope that it was really inspiring to everybody listening as well. Uh, why don't you share with us, you know, where everyone can find you? And then if you're um, feeling called to, you could even share about your social media course, because I'm sure you go in depth into this and, and way more in the chorus.
1: Definitely. So the best place to find me is on Instagram, and that's just at Kelsey Riedel. Um, or on my website at the same name. And yeah, like I said, I have a social media course that I teach called Visionary Social Media. And it's seven video modules alongside a 25-page workbook. And it starts with the mindset piece. So I do cover the things like boundaries and identifying what your triggers might be and how to show up in your best light. Um, So it starts there, and then it goes all the way through to creating a strategy and best practices for content, and finally into measuring and growing your performance. So if you're someone who has no data around whether your social media is performing the way you want it to or not, then it's really important to look at the numbers and start tracking. So that's a little bit about that course, and it can be found on my website
0: as well. Yeah, and I'll, be, I'll make sure to uh, link everything in the show notes so everyone can grab that there as well. So thank you so much again, Kelsey. Um, I would love to have you on again. I could always pick your brain for so many different topics, but I really appreciate, appreciate you coming on to talk about this.
1: Of course, and I had so much fun coming back and we still need to get you on my podcast. I know we were going to try to do it in person at one point when you came for a visit in Toronto, but now that that's not even possible, even if you're here, <laughs> Uh, I have moved a lot of my interviews into the online world, so it's finally a good setup for us to record something together. And I would definitely love to, yeah, do a conversation with you because I could pick your brain on a million things too. So <laughs> we, make a,
0: we make a good team. <laughs>
1: exactly, I love it.
0: Thanks so much. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks thanks for listening in if you like this episode feel free to leave us a review share the episode with a friend or take us on social media catch you next time